Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Well, good morning, Janesville. How you guys doing? Doing good? Doing good? Awesome. Uh, as Kellen said, my name is Michael. I'm the youth pastor at our Beloit campus for Central Christian Church, uh, which means I have the privilege of speaking to students every single week. Um, it's, a, it's an incredible honor to, to get to do that, but it's also a big honor to be here with you guys today. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to get to uh, preach to a group of people that might have a little bit longer attention span. Um, but I, I will say this, I'm used to youth, and so I like a little bit of energy. Okay, so I like a little bit of energy, so you give me a little energy, that would be awesome. Cool? Well, hey, if it's your, thank you, thank you. Hey, if it's your first time here uh, at Central, um, you came at a perfect time. Uh, whether you are somebody that's been in the church for a long time, or maybe you're just new to this whole Jesus thing, we are in the middle of this series called the Jesus Storybook Bible, and, and we've been reading through the Bible and, and seeing how stories connect back up to Jesus. Because the entire Bible points back to Jesus. Uh, but, but the reason I say that it's, it's such an amazing series, regardless of where you are in your walk with, with Jesus, is I feel like everybody can get something out of this. Um, I have a, a son named Liam. He's, he's one, the cutest thing ever. Um, and we actually read the, the Jesus Storybook Bible to him at night. And um, I'm pretty sure I get way more out of it than he does. Um, and I was actually going to take a picture. I thought it'd be really cool if I had a picture of my son, me reading to him the Jesus Storybook Bible, uh, but you won't find it on the screen, uh, because when I went to take a picture, we had a huge fit, um, and it, it, the, the picture definitely did not turn out. Um, but, but it kind of gets me to what I want to talk about today, and it's this thought that life's not perfect, right? Life isn't perfect. Over the uh, past three weeks, three-ish weeks, um, my family has been sick. So my, my son got sick, he got a double ear infection, then my wife got sick, then I got the stomach flu, then my wife got the stomach, you know, it, it was like this process that we were really sick. Uh, but the good news is, we have Disney Plus. Um, and if you don't have Disney Plus, uh, another commercial here, get Disney Plus, it's awesome. Uh, there's so much amazing stuff on it. Um, check out The Mandalorian, for real. Um, but it, it's pretty cool, they actually have movies on there that I haven't seen since they were on VHS. Um, and if you were a student, there might be a couple students here. Um, a VHS is like this black, amazing box that's got this ribbon in it, and it's actually how they play the movie. You push it into this little thing called a VCR. It's pretty crazy stuff, okay? Um, and you actually had to rewind it to watch it again. Um, who was it? I think it was Blockbuster that had the Be Kind Rewind thing. Yep. Yep. So uh, there was a lot of movies on that that I was just amazed that they even had. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to say something today, and, it, and it's... It's about Disney that's probably going to offend some people, okay? There's a good chance that what I'm about to tell you is probably going to offend you. Um, I, I'm very glad that Mandy Henry is not here because um, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> um, but, but I'm going to say something, and if, if this does offend you, I want you to, to make sure that you express yourself. Send angry emails to Kellen Anderson at centralwire.com, okay? Go ahead, send those emails out, okay? Uh, but, but this is what I'm going to tell you. Every Disney story is about the same. Every Disney story is about the same. You know, at some point in time, something, a problem comes up, adversity happens, but the outcome is pretty predictable, 
right? I mean, you know, at the, at the last moment when there is no hope, good is going to show up and good is going to triumph over evil. And there's just going to be this uh, happily ever after moment, right? We, we were watching Frozen, right? And, and at the end of Frozen, the last possible moment, oh, there's love, boom, it, it's fixed, right? Or, or like uh, Beauty and the Beast, right? As the last rose petal falls, and it's real dramatic, and I like it. Um, but as the last rose petal falls, they fall in love, right? And, and you see that over and over and over again. But the reality is that real life doesn't work that way. It, it doesn't take long living real life that the happily ever after thing is, is kind of non-existent. It, Life is, life is hard because, you see, sometimes the marriage that's on the brink ends. That's life. Sometimes the cancer gets worse and worse. Sometimes that sickness gets worse, and then the loved one dies, right? The bills pile up, and bankruptcy happens. The miracle that you were expecting doesn't happen. And, and we, we get to this point where it appears that God is late, that God's not showing up, that he doesn't care um, but this is one of the reasons I absolutely love this series, because this series is bringing the Bible to life. Because it's, a lot of times it's really easy to look at the Bible and say, this is an old book, this is kind of, kind of outdated, like, I don't, I don't see how I could connect to this. But if you have ever felt like God is late, if you have ever felt like your story isn't perfect, today's going to be for you. It's, it's definitely going to be for you. Um, so we're going to be looking at Daniel 3, and, and the, the thought I have for you guys today is keeping the faith when life doesn't look like a Disney story. Keeping the faith when life doesn't look like a Disney story. Um, so to kind of give you some, some background some, and kind of give you almost a recap of what has happened, um, at, at this time there's a country called Babylon, and it is the biggest and, and most powerful country. Um, and there's this King Nebuchadnezzar who is the most powerful man. And at the beginning of Daniel, we see that he goes and he actually conquers uh, Judea. He, he conquers, and he also orders the capture of the brightest and best young men. So this was actually something that they would do at the time, is they would actually steal the youth. So if you were to conquer a country, you would take the youth and bring them back and, and change their identities, because the youth are the future of that country. And so you'd go in and you'd, you'd take the, they took all these, these teenagers, you know, the, the best looking, the most bright, best marks in school, all of that, basically the opposite of me, they took that and brought it back to their country, right? So they take these teenagers and they, they pull them hundreds of miles away. They drop them in a new culture that is foreign and that serving God is not the norm. And they're given new identities. And this is one of the reasons when I found out I was going to speak on Daniel, I got really, really excited. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible. Because I feel like Daniel is a perfect picture of what it looks like to live in a culture that isn't serving God. And a lot of times we find ourselves, in, and, and for students, they're finding themselves in, in situations where their friends aren't serving God. Um, and, and so today we're going to look at Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so at the beginning of our story, King Nebuchadnezzar, he orders a, a giant statue to be made of, of himself that's 90 foot tall by 9 foot wide. It's solid gold. Um, and, and he invites everybody to come to the dedication. All of the people in, in Babylon are, are invited to the dedication, and they're, they're invited, but it, part of the dedication means that they're going to be bowing down to the statue and worshiping King Nebuchadnezzar. And so that's kind of where we see the trouble start with these boys, and we'll pick this up in, in verse 4. And it says this, A herald proclaimed with a loud voice, Attention, everyone, every race, color, and creed, listen. When you hear the band strike up, all the trumpets and the trombones and tubas and baritones and drums and cymbals fall to your knees and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Anyone who does not kneel and worship shall be immediately thrown into a a raging furnace. You see, this is, this is where the trouble starts. 
This is that moment in your life when you begin to, fa- to face adversity. This is that diagnosis that you got. This is that moment, moment that the marriage starts to go south. This is that moment you lose your job. This is the moment that your business gets audited. The, uh, the uh, anxiety starts. The trauma kicks in in your life. This is that moment that you're faced with a choice. Will you be faithful to God? Will you be faithful to his plan and what he has for you? Or are you going to abandon God and try to fix it yourself? So we see these boys making this choice, and it's, it's not a very good one. The, the boys are faced with the problem, and it's, it's, it's pretty big. Because, you see, they knew that they were called to follow God, and they knew that if they were going to follow God, they could only worship him. And, and so they knew that they couldn't bow down. There was this line in the sand that they drew that, you know what, if we're going to follow God, we can't cross this line. We can't. But yet, if, if they don't bow down, they're going to, to lose their lives. And it's kind of funny because a lot of times we like to look at the Bible um, almost like it's in a vacuum. But the reality is that this was real life. And that these were teenagers that were deciding on life or death. And when you look at, if if you want to get real and you look from the outside, they really had no reason to believe that God was faithful. Right? Their land had just been conquered. I'm sure they had family members that had been enslaved. They'd been taken, enslaved, taken hundreds of miles away against their will and dropped into a country that they didn't understand and they didn't want to be at. If anyone had a reason to go, you know what? I don't know if I trust God's going to come through this time. It was these guys. But you see, on, on the other hand, these guys had also seen God show up before. And, and that's where we, we get to our, our first point of how do we keep our faith when life isn't perfect, and it's this. When you see God working in your past, it becomes easier to trust him with your future. When you see God working in your past, it becomes easier to trust him with your future. You see, the, the, the two prior chapters of Daniel, and I encourage you to go home and read them because um, it's absolutely amazing, but the two, prior chapter, two chapters prior in Daniel, these boys saw God show up over and over and over again. In the first chapter of, of Daniel, they saw when they made a stand for their faith that, that they were promoted. They, they also saw in the, in the second chapter that when, when Daniel was able to um, interpret this, this vision that he got from God, that he was promoted. So time and time again, they looked back and they could see God's hand in their life. They could see God moving in their life. And, and the, the same is true in your life. If you look back at your life, you will see God moving over and over and over again. It, it may be that job that you really, really wanted that you didn't get. And then the company went under six months later. It, it may be that house that you were like, this is, this is going to be a forever home. This is a dream home. This is amazing. And then you didn't get it. But six months later, it flooded. So many times we focus on what's coming next. We focus on, on what's going to happen, and we, we never look back to see all the things that God has done in our, in our past. I remember when my wife and I uh, took the job in Beloit, and we were going to move down because we're from Fond du Lac. We're from up north. And, and we had a month to figure everything out and move down. At the time, my wife was pregnant and was, was struggling with HD and, and couldn't travel in a car for more than 10 minutes. <laughs> She couldn't. Like, there was no way it was going to happen. And, and there was nothing open in our price range to, to get a rental down here. And, and we're sitting there looking at all this stuff going, I don't know how we're going to make this happen. But you see, the rental opened up. The medication kicked in. 
things started to happen that allowed us to come down. And, and at the time, I wasn't thinking anything of it because I was looking ahead. I was looking at all the things that were needed to happen, all the problems that were happening in my life. I was looking ahead. I, but you see, when I stop and I look back, I say, man, that's God. Man, God did that. Man, how is that not God? How did God not orchestrate that for us? Time and time and time again, when you see God working your past, it becomes easier to trust him with your future. If you want to keep the faith when your life isn't perfect, when adversity hits, don't focus on the mountain ahead. Don't focus on all the stuff that's going to happen. Focus on the God that's behind you. Because when you look back, you're going to see him moving over and over and over again. And so these boys make this step of faith, and people find out. People find out that they're not going to bow. And so they, they come to the king and come to King Nebuchadnezzar and they say, listen, there's these, these guys and, and they don't want to bow. They don't want to bow to you. They, they, they don't want to bow to you at all. They, they don't think that you should be worshipped. And we pick that up in verse 12. It says this, but there are some Jews whom you've set over you the affairs of the province of Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. And that's where we, we see the, the second thing that allows us to keep our faith in an unperfect life, and it's this. Know you are accountable for your faith. You see, we learn something here. We learn that people are watching you as a Christian. People are watching you as a Christian. When you live life differently, when you live following Jesus, people notice. Because you see, here's the thing. It's impossible to truly follow Jesus and not be different. People notice your faith. And it's really easy to follow God when everything is going well, right? When, when God's plans include a raise at work, when God's plans include um, a, a, another, another kid coming into your life, when God's plan includes uh, you getting a new car, life's good. You're like, yeah, I can follow this Jesus dude. Like, I'm good here. I, I'm, I'm really comfortable where I am. But it's a lot harder when things go wrong, when the miscarriage happens, when you don't get the raise at work. And people are watching to see what you do when your back is up against the wall. Uh, when I think of faith, the, the person that I think of the most is my mom. My mom has some of the strongest faith of, of anybody I know. And, and she, she had a coworker at work that used to always just poke and prod her all the time about her faith. Because this, this woman was an atheist, and, and she, would, she would say, the only reason you serve God is because your life is so good. Because your life is good and, and every, everything, nothing ever goes wrong in your life. Then when my young, youngest brother was four, he was diagnosed with bilateral Wilms tumor. And, and the future was pretty uncertain. We didn't know what was going to happen. And so in that moment, my mom had this choice. She could sit there and, and nobody would blame her if she sat there and said, you know what, how could God do this to my kid? How could a God of love allow my kid who's four years old to get cancer? And she could totally throw away her faith. Or she could choose to keep her faith and trust that the plans that God had were bigger. The plans that God had were better and, and, and that she just needed to keep the faith. And you see, my mom, she kept the faith. Throughout that entire period of time, she kept on saying, God's good, God's faithful, God's going to do something. And her coworker noticed. That coworker noticed and started, instead of prodding her and, and, and making fun of her, all of a sudden started to ask questions how do you have peace? How do you have peace? These are horrible circumstances. Your life is horrible right now. You are facing horrible, impossible circumstances. How in the world are you calm? How in the world do you have peace? You see, because my mom chose to keep her faith, some seeds of faith were planted 
in that, that coworker. That coworker was opened up to the way that our God works because of my mom's faith. It, it, it makes me think of, of, of the verse that says, you know, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart because I have overcome the world. You see, God doesn't, following God doesn't give us a perfect life. It doesn't give us this, this perfect life, but it gives us the perfect power to deal with life. And when you hit those difficult moments, we know that people are watching you to see what you'll do with them. And every adverse situation is an opportunity to show the power that we have in Jesus. And these guys understood that. These teenagers understood that. And, and so the, this, this king is so mad. He is, he is beyond mad. And, and so he brings the boys in front of him. And he basically says, hey, listen, people are telling me you won't bow. Is that true? Are you going to bow? Because you don't have to, but I will kill you if you don't. And, and so these boys are forced into this decision moment. That There's no way out. They have to choose, is God faithful? Is he going to come through again? Is, is, he, is his plans greater than my plans? And I'm sure people are telling him, just do it once. It's one time. It's only once. You're, you're only going to do this once, and you know what? You can't bring glory to God if you're dead. I'm sure people told him that. But I love their response. We see their response in verse 17. It says this, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make clear to your majesty that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. I absolutely love the confidence. I love the faith of these boys because, you see, they, they said, you know what? God's got this. He's got this. He's going to handle it. He will come through. And, and even if he doesn't, I love that. Even if he doesn't, we trust him. Because, you see, they trusted that God had a plan, and God's plan was bigger and greater than their plan was. And that even if that plan meant they were going to die, God was going to use it somehow. God had a plan that, that, was, that was better. You see, that's where we hit our, our, our third way that we keep our faith, and it's this. We trust that his plan is bigger and better than our plans. You know, before I, I became a, a pastor, I was a cop. Um, I, I knew from a young age that I was called to be a pastor, but I really didn't want to because kids smell. Um, and so I, I decided that I was going to go be a cop. And, and I still kept going to, to youth events and, and volunteering at youth stuff, but I, I really didn't want to do it. And I remember, there was, it's the only time in my life I've heard the audible voice of God, but I, I remember being at a, a youth conference, and I remember being in worship and, and hearing the audible voice of God say, quit running away. Quit running away from me. And, and at the time, I mean, I was engaged. I was going to get married soon. I, I was pretty established in my career. I was set. I, I, I had my plans figured out. I, I, was gonna, I was looking at buying a house. Like, I was ready. And there was two weeks after that moment where I just, I fought it and fought it and fought it and said, God, no, no, that, that you, no, you can't do that. God, God, I, I don't, I, I don't have any other option. I've got to do this. And I, I remember the, the decision moment when I decided I was going to go and, and put in my resignation. I remember driving my car to the police station with my, my fiancé in the car, and I, I remember it, it took me quite a bit of time to get out of that car and walk up those stairs. It was one of the most scary moments in my entire life. And I walked in and I put my resignation on my chief's desk, not knowing what God was going to do, 
not knowing what his plan was or how he was going to figure it out. I'm thinking, man, I got to make rent next month. I got to make rent the next month. I, I got to get married in six months. How in the world is this all going to happen? But I said, God, I trust you. I trust that you're going to show up. Within one week, I had a, a job working construction that allowed me to have off on Wednesdays so that I could go and pursue a career in youth ministry. I had, and in and, and that same week, I was given an internship at a church to do full-time ministry. You see, when you, when you trust God with your plan, you don't have to worry about the details. God's plan is bigger and greater, and, and it doesn't take long reading the Bible, and you find out that God's plan's pretty awesome. It's pretty great. It's a plan that, plan that brings life to you. It's a plan that brings hope. It's a plan that gives you a future. But you got to trust it. you got to trust that his plan is going to be greater and it's going to be better. But know that he's got the details. And, and, and so these boys confidently say, bring it on. We're not scared. God's plan is bigger than ours. And, and this is one that sh there should be a Disney moment, right? This is where God shows up, the bad guys fall down because he's awesome, but it doesn't happen. They're, they're be, they take, are taken and, and led away to the furnace to be executed. And, and maybe you've seen this in your life. Maybe every step along the way, when you faced adversity, you said, but God's going to be faithful. But God's got this. God will be faithful. I know he's going to be faithful, and things only continue to deteriorate. Right? You, you got the news that, that you have cancer. And despite trusting God, it's only gotten worse. You were trusting God in, in faithfulness that your marriage is going to get better, but it only gets worse and worse and worse. You're praying for that kid, and you're just hitting miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. And everything is telling you not to trust God, because following Jesus should make it easier, right? It should make, it, make life easier, and, and God should have showed up by now, right? Any time now, God. We're good. Whenever you want to show up. You see, by all means, this should have been the end of the story. This should have been the end. There's no way out. The odds are impossible. The king, he orders the furnace heated seven times hotter. He orders the strongest soldiers to tie up the men and throw them in, and, and the fire is so hot the guards die. This is the end of the story, right? This should be the end. That thing in your life should be the end of your story. And, and to everyone looking on your life, the, your, your book has been closed. The cancer has come back. The divorce papers have been signed. The addiction is stronger than ever. Your natural story has ended. But we serve a miracle-working, supernatural God. We see what happens in verse 24. King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men we tied up and threw in the fire? And they replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. You see, we keep our faith through an imperfect life because, you see, you will never know his presence better than when you're in the fire. You will never know God's presence better than when you are walking through that valley. You will never know God's presence better than when you're going through that thing in life, those impossible circumstances. You see, we serve a God that regardless of the circumstances, he always shows up. It's on his timing and it's on his plan. It might not be the way that you'd want it to be. And I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what you, you came in here today with. But, but here's the thing. When you are faithful to him, he's walking through it with you. 
He's in that moment with you. He is present. You see, God didn't put out the fire. God didn't put out the fire for these boys. He came down and he walked in it and protected them through their fire. And the same is true in your life. There are going to be things in your life that God doesn't put out. But you know that he's going to be with you through that fire. And somebody needs to hear this today. Your story isn't over. That, that story that looks impossible, this isn't the end. This isn't the end of your story. God wants to use your broken, battered story and use it to show his goodness. Because we serve a God that will never leave us and that will never forsake us. You see, the king, he sees what's happening. He sees the miracle in his midst. He sees that these boys are walking around unharmed. And he calls them out. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out of the fire, and we, we see this in verse 27. It says this, And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. You see, there wasn't even a hair touched. Nothing. Not only that, they didn't even smell like smoke. I don't know about you, but I've been around bonfires long enough to know that if you're around a fire, you smell like smoke. Right? But here's the thing. When you keep the faith in God and his plan, in the end, you don't come out just surviving. Right? They didn't come out with first-degree burns. They didn't come out with second degrees. They came out with nothing. You see, you come out thriving. In the end, you come out thriving because God handles the details. God sees our details. He handles those details for us. Check how this story ends. Verse 30 says this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. You see, when you are faithful through your story, it does two things in your life. Number one, it opens up the door for God's will and plan, which is much greater than your plan. These boys were promoted because of their faithfulness. They went from being people facing certain death to being in positions of power. All because they were faithful to God. And the second thing that happens is this, and this is more importantly. When you follow God in faithfulness, it opens the door for people to notice his goodness. It opens the door for people to see his goodness. You see, because of the faith of these boys, because of the decision they made to not cross a line, because of the decision they made to not bow, an entire nation was witness to the goodness of God. An entire nation was turned back to God because of the faithfulness of these boys. You see, this is what happens in your life when you remain faithful to God in your circumstances. The other reason I love this story is because it's a beautiful picture of what Jesus actually did for us. Because you see, just like those boys, we were facing certain death. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. And I didn't understand that as a little kid, but the wages of sin means that you have earned death. That's what wages are. Because of your sins, you earned death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, we were facing an impossible death, an impossible circumstance. And just like the fire we faced, that certain death was for our sins, for our actions. But you see, the same way that God came down and he rescued those boys in the midst of their circumstances, he sent his son down to our world to live a perfect life, to die a sacrificial death on a cross and rise again for our sins. You see, God didn't fix our problems from heaven. He came down to walk with us. He came down to rescue us, to do life with us. You see, God coming down and rescuing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the literal fire that they were facing is pre-shadowing 
for God coming down and rescuing us from the sin and impossible circumstances in our life so that we can walk through untouched by our sin and past because of him. And the worship team can, can come up. I, I don't know what you, you walked in here with today. I don't know where you are. I love what Eric said earlier about there's 85 different stories. I don't know where you are in life. I don't know what you're facing. You could have walked in and your entire world is falling apart this morning. Maybe you're that person that you just got hit by the circumstances. You just got hit with that impossible circumstances. The job has been lost. The bills are piling up. The miscarriage has happened. Maybe today you're that person. Or, or maybe today you're that person that by all means the story is over. Anybody looking on is going to say that your story is over. That the cancer's come back. What I want to tell you today is that your story is far from over. Your story is just beginning. There's another chapter coming. And God has plans for you to provide a future and not harm. To bring you freedom. To bring you peace. To bring you hope. To bring you super abundant life into your story. But here's the thing. You got to be willing to put your faith in him. You got to be willing to trust. You got to be willing to say, God, I give these possible circumstances to you. God, I trust that your plan is greater than the plan I have. God, I trust that you're going to do the details. God, I've looked back and I've seen your hand over and over and over again. And I know that what's standing in front of me isn't bigger than the God behind me. And so I challenge you today. Give that thing up. Sometimes the, the thing that requires the most strength is to let go. To let go of that impossible circumstances. To let go of the control that you have in your life. And to let God handle it. But not only that, people are watching. People are watching to see what you're going to do. Your friends are watching. Your neighbors are watching. Your family is watching. And they want to see the goodness of God. And through our faith, we have the opportunity to show them that. God has a plan for you that is so much bigger than you can even imagine. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.